Amen. Well, welcome to Liberty Church. Like Curtis said, I'm not Pastor Keith. Um, I'm his daughter. <laughs> my name is Samantha. If you don't know me, me and my handsome hubby are the youth pastors here at Liberty. And that means, y'all, we get the, the greatest honor. <laughs> we have the greatest honor, the highest calling we feel that we get to minister to your teenagers. We get to disciple them, encourage them, love on them every week. And because of that, I'm going to give you a special invitation to our cornhole tournament tonight. It's going to be at 5 o'clock here in the church. We're going to transform it. Um, and that's just to help us raise money to go to youth camp this summer to make sure every student that wants to go can go, be equipped, be encouraged by other people other than us. And so you're invited. We want to see you here. <laughs> and so today we're finishing up our series brand new. Today we're going to talk about a brand new movement. And I'm so honored that I get to be the one to share that with you. So we're going to go ahead and head on into Hebrews chapter 8. This has been our foundational scripture for this entire series. And it says, but now... Jesus, our high priest, he has given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. Amen. He's bringing us better promises in the old way. We get to enjoy all these things that he has to offer us. And so a little recap of what Pastor Keith has been teaching us throughout this whole series. Week one, he taught us Jesus' death and resurrection established a new covenant. He brought an end to the old way of doing things. My entire life I have gone, I have sinned, and I've been able to repent. Never have I ever had to sacrifice an animal, and I praise God for that. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Last week, you talked about how God, this new covenant, has brought us a brand new heart. He's made our hearts soft and tender, that we desire community and fellowship with other people, whereas before our hearts were hard, standoffish. And today, we're going to talk about that that began a brand new movement. We are that movement called the church. So our scripture for today, if you'll turn with me, Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you who have been following me all these years, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. And now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, the rock of the revelation of who Jesus is, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever shall be loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Our first point today is this. The church is the brand new movement of Jesus Christ. Man, we get to carry his name, and that's such an honor. It is the vehicle through which the message and the ministry of the new covenant will be transported into the hearts and the lives of people around the world. The church is the vehicle. 
that Jesus has decided to use to reach those all around us. We are his top choice. So if you don't feel like a top choice, know that you are. We are that vehicle. And so my parents had this vehicle when I was growing up, and my dad nicknamed it the character builder. So you can imagine what that van may have looked like. It built some character in us. Um, and in that van, y'all, it was loud. It was nasty. It had some bumps. It had some bruises. And I think every mechanic that was in the church had worked on that thing like a time or two or a couple hundred times. And... Um, I remember one time we were in the drive-thru at McDonald's. This was before I could drive. So I was in the back. My dad was driving. We were at McDonald's drive-thru. He pulls up at the first window, and the person, like, hears our van making these crazy noises and goes, maybe you should go get your van fixed instead of coming here. And I was like, I was a little kid. I was like, oh, like, I was hurt. My heart was hurt. I was so embarrassed. It was a character-building moment for me. I was so embarrassed, oh my gosh, I was easily embarrassed as a child, but the Lord reminded me as we're talking about how we are his vehicle that he's decided to use. I don't know if it's just me or if it's you, but there has been a time or two where I felt like a character builder. I, had, I felt a little ugly. I had some bumps, I had some bruises. There were things I've been through that made me feel less than. I was a little too loud. And then people told me, well, you're, now you're a little too quiet. You need to work on this, you need to work on that. And so just like the character builder, that's how I felt. And I disqualified myself from being the vehicle that God could use. But I'm here to tell you today, we are his top choice, right? The bumps, the bruises, the loudness, the quietness, the ugliness sometimes, they don't disqualify us. God still chooses us. Like, he knew 2,000 years ago when he decided, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to use the church. I'm going to use these people. They're going to transport my message across the entire earth. He knew what we were going to look like. Our mess, our struggle was no surprise to him. And so don't let your mess, your struggle disqualify you. So our job is to transport his message to the hearts of those around us, and it's going to look differently for all of us. You know, the past that some of us have are different from others, and that's okay. God calls us to use the past, the things that we've been through, the family we grew up in, all these different things to enable our hearts to connect to other people's hearts and say, I've been through what you're going through, and how I got out is Jesus. It's Jesus. And so I want to encourage you, whatever it's going to look like for you is okay. Embrace it. Embrace who God's made you to be. Embrace the way that he's called you to minister to those that he's placed in your life. Embrace it. So what is the church? What is the church? The church is not a building. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the family of God. The building is an asset that we get to use. It's the asset that the church, the people use. The church is the people. In 2911, we say in the youth group, we say that we are family, that we are friends. Through Jesus, we are now family. So now we're family. We're this combination of both where it's not like we're stuck with each other. We choose each other. And now we have this magnificent relationship called family. So, um, a little story, Jobo and I have been in our house, we've been married almost two years, and we've been in our new home almost one year, and so, before that, y'all, we lived in a studio apartment, so it only had one room, the bathroom, 
and it was like 200 square foot, teeny tiny. And uh, so since we've been in our home, it has been like such a blessing. We have had our team over to our house like every month for team meetings. We've had high schoolers over to our house every week for small group. We've celebrated birthdays, successes, new jobs, this and that. And our house has been an asset to our lives. It's enhanced our lives. And so the Lord showed me that just as my house has been an asset, it's enhanced my life, this house that we're gathered in right now should be the very same thing. Right? It's not about the building, but the building, it holds us. It assembles us together. It brings us together to celebrate the successes, right? Like we celebrated with those two who finished the Sunshine House. That is a success. That has taken time and diligence. That is hard. And so today we get to celebrate it together in this place. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23 says this. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It's made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. In Ephesians 1.5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus because this is what he wanted to do. And it brought him great pleasure. It brought him great pleasure to bring us into his family. So now you Gentiles, that's you and me, we're no longer strangers and foreigners. You're citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Our next point is this. The word church literally means assembly of people. Assembly is required. Jesus calls us together for two reasons. We gather to grow, and we grow to go into all the world and make disciples of Jesus Christ. Assembly is required. We see that on like all these big, big giant things that you have to build for your kids at Christmas, assembly required. And then the parents stay up all night on Christmas Eve to build it for their kids, to assemble it in the living room. And I'm thankful that I'm not in that season of life yet. <laughs> I can't do that. Um, But assembly is required for us, right? Sometimes we have to assemble together. Every week we come together, we assemble to grow and to learn, to stretch each other with our issues and encourage each other in our struggles. Assembly is required. It's very important that we assemble together, encourage each other, build each other up. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Praise God for all those people. (laughs) Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. That's a big responsibility. (laughs) This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. 
In Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given all authority on heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to, de- to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. When the scripture there says, therefore go, it actually translates to, as you go. So it's not meaning, therefore go on a mission trip and spread the gospel. It's literally saying, as you go to the grocery store, as you go to your house tonight, as you go to your job tomorrow, as you go, wherever you go, make disciples there. Make disciples wherever you go. That's what we should be doing. So as you go, wherever you go, be on purpose. I just taught this past Wednesday to the youth that as servants of Christ, as disciples of Jesus, we always have to be prepared. And so I want to encourage you. That was Jesus' last command that he gave. Therefore, go, make disciples. And so I encourage you, be prepared when the time comes. Don't let it catch you off guard. Be ready with the good news of what Jesus has done in your life to sit down and have a real conversation with someone and share that good news. Because ultimately, that's what changes hearts, right? That's what changed my heart. My heart was not changed by a really great message. My heart was changed when someone sat down next to me and said, I see the struggle that you're going through and it's rough. This is how Jesus helped me through it. So we are the church. We are Jesus with skin on. Anytime we wear these shirts, people question us, what does your shirt mean? That's weird. But we are Jesus with skin on. This is our mantra in 2911 Youth. Being Jesus with skin on makes us realize that sometimes we're the only Jesus people are going to see. Sometimes we're literally going to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in someone else's life. So we have to be Jesus with skin on. We are the light of the world and we are the salt of the earth. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this, We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. When I read this scripture, it really shook me because as Christ's ambassadors, I've heard that all my life. We are his ambassadors, so we speak on behalf of him on this earth because he's not here physically. And I thought that was my job, but my job as his ambassador is not just to speak on behalf of him, but it's to plead for people to come back to him. That's our job as his ambassadors, not come meet Jesus for the first time. It's going back to that person who's met him and walked away and fell away and saying, come back to God. He still wants you. He still chooses you. We still want you as your family. We still choose you. And Matthew 5:14 says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. We are the church. We are God's plan A. There is no plan B. 2,000 years ago, this was the plan. We're still running with the plan. We are the plan. We are his choice. The church is the hope of the world. If we remove the church, if you look at our world and you remove the church totally, there's no hope left. 
We are the hope. We are God's hope on this earth, and we have to transport that to other people. If not us, it won't be done. So we are that hope. God has placed his bets on us to ensure that the good news we found will propel us to movement. Being the church does not mean sitting in a comfy chair or getting hit with someone's foot on the back while you're listening to a message. Being the church means going out of the building, means communicating his gospel to whoever we come in contact with. The good news, because we are his plan A, y'all. There ain't no plan B. If we don't, it won't be done. 2 Corinthians 4.3 says, If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. That's a cold reality that there are people that this is their last day. And if we keep pushing it off until we look better, we're shinier, we look a little bit more brand new, until we've completed the sunshine house or we've walked through the mess that we're in to reach people, it may be too late. People are perishing, and we have the answer. We have the answer for everybody on this earth's needs. We have that answer. So church, the church, I'm talking to the ones that are already in God's family. If we aren't growing and going, then today I want to challenge you, let's rise up. Let's make today a new day where before I sat on a pew, next week I'm serving because we are the movement that he's counting on, and through him, we are more than capable, and we can rise to the occasion. If you will, I'll just ask you to bow your heads with me. And to you who has never joined this movement, you've never joined the family, you've never made the crossover from, this sounds really great, uh, but to, uh, I'm a part of this. This is who I am. If you've never made that decision, if you've never joined the movement of Jesus Christ, today is your day. You can get that new heart where you thought you could never love, you'd never be tender. You can enjoy the new covenant and receive the gifts that Jesus died to give you. Today is that day. And we want to celebrate with you. So if you've never made that decision before, I just want you to stand up. Standing in God's house is the easiest that it will ever be to stand for Jesus. So if you've never made that decision, just stand up. Our ushers are going to come. They're going to give you a packet, um, and that's just going to help you see, okay, what are my next steps now that I'm a part of this movement? Lord, I just thank you. I thank you. Jesus, that you chose us, that you've entrusted us with the biggest responsibility. But Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're right here with us. You're helping us along the way. You look at our dirty spots and our dings and our scratches, and you still choose us. And so today, Lord, I ask, give us the courage that we need to step up. Give us the confidence that we need to see us the way that you do that you believe in us, that you call us, that you enable us to preach your good news everywhere that we go because we are your church. We are that movement. And so, Lord, I just pray over every person in here 
God, would you stir our hearts? Would you fill us afresh with who you are? Enable us to walk out of here knowing that we're a part of something great. Lord, I just ask that you would bless every person here. In Jesus' holy name, I pray, amen.